Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. Today, we have a special surprise. Captain Underpants is here. Okay, just kidding. Dave Pilkey is in the house. Dave, of course, is the award-winning author and illustrator of the Captain Underpants series. Dave's work has been translated into 25 languages, with 70 million copies sold worldwide. Dave is here to talk about his new book, The Sensational Dogman which chronicles the continuing outrageous adventures of George Beard and Harold Hutchins, two characters who make the state of Ohio proud. Hi, Dave. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's wonderful to have you. I finished Dogman last night, and the first thing that comes to my mind is our CEO has nerves of steel. (laughs) <laughs> As does Ellie Berger, the head of trade. Yes, yes. I think you may be the most subversive author Scholastic has. Actually, you know, I don't hear that from the kids. I think the kids are right in tune with that type of humor. They completely get it. I have heard it from grownups. Yeah, there, there are grownups who are like, yeah, this is, this is kind of out there. But, but for some reason, kids are right, really into it. Oh, I know that they are. <laughs> All of my nephews devoured every one of these books. Oh, thank so, you. So tell us, Dogman is slightly different from Captain Underpants, your your latest book, Dogman. Could you talk about how that has evolved or the sort of you went from a superhero to a dog cop? I don't know how yeah, to describe yeah. it. <laughs> well, Dogman uh, started out in the Captain Underpants universe. So he's a creation of George and Harold's. He's one of their comics that they created when they're actually their very first comic when they were in kindergarten. And there's a bit of a reflection to my own life because I created Captain Underpants when I was a child. I was I was in second grade and I also created <laughs> Dogman when I was a kid too. And Dogman came first before Captain Underpants. And so there's a, there's a l- little bit of, of life reflecting art or however you say that, art reflecting life. So yeah, and Dogman is a graphic novel. So it's completely, it's, it's written in George and Harold's style. George and Harold are growing up a little bit. They're just about to enter fifth grade and they're working on their spelling. They're working on their art. They're trying to refine their craft and to improve. And, and so Dogman is their... Or we're kind of getting to see George and Harold grow up through their art. In terms of their spelling and their grammar, that's an interesting treatment in the book. It's a idiot. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you stayed with that throughout. I'm interested what your thinking was on that. It kind of goes back to when I was a kid making my own comics. When I was a child, I would grab a, a stack of paper and a pencil, and I just went through it. Like I would take, I, I did, sometimes didn't even have ideas. I would just start drawing and just start writing. And the ideas were flowing fast and furious. And I would never stop to look up the spelling of a word. I didn't want to interrupt that flow. And so it was very natural and organic to me as a kid to just get those ideas out as fast as possible. And I wanted the, the books to reflect that type of spontaneous creativity that kids have. And so that's that's why you sometimes <laughs> see the, the creative spelling. You'll sometimes see that in some of George and Harold's earlier works. Do some of your young fans take note of that when you talk with them? Well, what my hope is, is that, that they uh, 
they will see that. And, and sometimes I've, I've noticed that adults will sometimes use this as a teaching tool. So they'll say, hey, you know, there's six misspelled words on this page. Can you find them all? And, the, and they, it, so it turns it into a game. But I'm, I'm really more interested in, I hope that kids will pick up their own stacks of paper and their own pencils and they'll start making comics and they'll see because George and Harold, they don't always do everything perfect, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they sometimes make mistakes and maybe that will encourage them to be creative and not, not worry about messing up all the time and not hopefully it'll it, it will um it will give them permission to explore their creativity without worrying about perfection I love, I love that and in the end you give them instructions on how to draw dog man you were a struggling reader you had dyslexia and ADHD yet like many kids who struggle with the written word you managed to create stories and narratives of your own could you talk about that I think it, in some ways, I just wanted to have a connection with my classmates because I was always being separated from my classmates. I was a huge distraction in my in my classroom. So if my if I was sometimes if I was in the room, the teacher would move my desk, you know, right next to his, and then he'd move everyone else's desk to the far ends of the room so that we there's like an island between us, or, or I was an island, and I just wanted to connect with everyone else, and and making stories was my way of doing that. I could, it's something that I could do by myself. And then when the teacher wasn't looking, I could, you know, uh, <laughs> show, show someone else and they would laugh and, and we would have this connection. And I still feel like that's kind of what I'm doing in a way with my books is, is creating a connection with kids all over the world. I feel very fortunate. Scholastic conducts a survey of kids and parents each year. And in a recent kids and family reading report, one finding in particular really stood out Kids want to read books that make them laugh. Why is that? You know, I'm not really sure why it's important for everyone else, but I, I do know that it was really important for me. That was one of the biggest things for me when I was a kid. Um, I was always looking for books like joke books, or, or I remember I read Charlie Brown and Snoopy all the time because that made me laugh. I really wanted to laugh, and and I would, even Mad Magazine, I would I, whatever made me laugh was, was what I would go for. And so... Um, I think because I was having such so many struggles with reading, the laughter kind of made me forget that that this is a challenge, you know, because I was waiting for the next punchline all the time and, <laughs> and laughing my way through. And anytime you add laughter to something, it just makes it more fun. And so that's one of the things I try to do with my books. My books are, are usually very, very silly. And I've put jokes in for the grownups and jokes in for the kids because I'm, I'm hoping that adults and kids will read the books together. And because that was always something that was real important to me, reading with my parents. Uh, it was a, a great time of the day when my parents and I would get together and read. And so I, I hope I hope that other kids and their parents do that as well. Oh, that's wonderful that you're providing that opportunity for a new generation of kids. What are some of your most fun interactions with your young fans? Do you have any stories that oh, you could tell us? Yeah, I. W- one thing that happens quite often is I'll, I'll have a parent and their child will come to, to see me They'll to get an autograph or something. And they'll say, you know, my, my son, my daughter never, ever read. They, they resisted reading so much. They didn't want to read. They wouldn't go near a book until they discovered Dogman or until they, until they found Captain Underpants. And that changed everything. And it really, that's how it is for a lot of kids. Sometimes you just have to find the right book that right. opens up a world of, of literacy and Sometimes the right book is something very silly. It's something very unexpected. In terms of being on the banned book list or (laughs) whatever, I mean, what's that been like? Is that a badge of honor for you? 
Uh, I suppose. I don't like to give too much, uh, too much attention to that because really, uh, I think a lot of the people who don't like my books actually haven't read the books. Because if you ask them like some questions about it, they get real sketchy with the answers. Like they don't really know, you know, they, maybe they've read one or two pages out of context. And you could do that with almost any book, you know, read a page or two out of context and decide, oh, this is a bad book. You know, you, you, you really have to read it with comprehension you have to read it with the mind of a child and to really see the value in it a lot of times. And, and the thing I try to think of is that the books have 70 million copies in print. And so, and this is all over the world. We have so much love and there's such a very small percentage of people who don't like it, just a handful of people. So myself, I try to focus on the love and not on the hate. I think that's important. And that's what you share with your young fans and many kids who, as you say, are struggling just to get by in school. And this is giving them a lifeline and a, and a source of joy. I hope so. I, I, I hope that um, I, I hear from some kids that they see themselves in the characters and these stories. And, and I, it makes me feel really good because there's a lot of me in those characters as well. You grew up in Cleveland. Yes, yes. What did your parents think about your budding artistic career when you were a child? They were very, very supportive. In fact, they were a little worried because my teachers were not supportive in, in that way. They would see my comics and they would sometimes just rip them out of my hands and tear them up right in front of me. And and um, and it was really incredibly discouraging for me. So my parents did not want that to continue happening. So they, they asked, <laughs> when, I, when I was in fourth grade, they asked me, will you make a series of comics just for us? You know, and, and it, these are things that you won't be able to bring to school. You you have to make them just for us. And so I did. I, I created a character called Waterman, and he was a... <laughs> He was a, a, a guy who was just made completely out of water and he could do anything that water could do. And I, so I would make these and I would give them to them. Like, like hey, dad, I made a new Waterman comic. And, and they were so great. They would drop whatever they, they were doing and they would read them and they would laugh in all the right places. And the, one of the most important things is they kept them. They, they true to their word, they would not let me bring them to school where they would get lost or stolen or, or ripped, ripped up. up. <laughs> yes, yes. And I still have every single copy. I, there's more than 20 issues and I still have all of them. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. I imagine those are quite valuable, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> to me, they're very, yes. they're very oh, valuable. That's, that's so lovely. Well, speaking of the love, DreamWorks has a movie. That's true. Coming yes. up. Can yeah. you tell us about that? Oh, I'm so excited about this. Uh, yeah, DreamWorks Animation is doing the Captain Underpants movie. It's going to be in 3D, and it's coming out June 3rd, or 2nd or 3rd of next year. And Kevin Hart's going to be in it. A lot of really talented voice actors and animators and musicians. Everyone's getting together, and it's it's going to be very, very, very exciting. And at the same time, you're continuing the Dogman series. Mm -hmm. That's true, yeah. So what's, we have another one. I know at the back there was a little teaser here. Yes, right now I'm working on Dogman, A Tale of Two Kitties, which is coming out in the fall of next year. And it's just more of the same silly, <laughs> silly dog cat goofiness. There's something here about having superpowers or using your ingenuity to get by, what are the different skills that you empower your characters with to get by or to make a splash in the world? Well, I, I do think that imagination is very, very powerful. And that's something I think that kids can relate to because we can't all fly through the air like Superman and we can't shoot webs out of our wrists like Spider-Man, but we can all use our imagination and we can all use our creativity. We can all pick up 
paper and draw or write or dance or sing. We can all do that. And that can be our superpowers. And so I hope that that's a relatable thing for kids. I'm just curious where some of your ideas come from, like, for example, the invisible spray, which is genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know that that's genius. I, it, it really comes from being a kid. A lot of my ideas really uh-huh. do. I'm, I'm just going back through my childhood and thinking, what did I like? And when I was a kid, I was always trying to make invisible potion. Like I always thought I could do that. Like if I go and I pick those berries from over there and I mash them in the pail and then I, I add a little bit of Kool-Aid and, you know, and a couple of, uh, junior mints. And, and you know, if I stirred it around just the right way that it, that, you know, might turn things invisible, it, right. and it doesn't work that way, of course, but, right. but, uh, but you can use those ideas in your stories and, and make them work. Yeah. I think I tried to make root beer out of mud once. Oh, how, how was that? <laughs> it really didn't taste that good. Really? That, <laughs> yeah, that that's was, surprising. I was that extremely delicious. <laughs> surprised and disappointed, I have to oh. say. What encouragement do you have for kids out there who were like you, whose desks might be in the hall today? Oh, What would you say to them? Well, I, I would say, um, try not to be too concerned with the, the struggles you're going through right now, because, um, really these things can like ADHD and dyslexia, these can be seen as challenges, but if you look at them in a different way, they can really be seen as opportunities because Really, what's happening is you're thinking differently than other people. And the world needs people who think differently, who can think outside the box. And so, yeah, it may not be the best time for you right now, but, you know, just just be patient. Just wait, you know, 10, 15 years. And all these things that you think might be disadvantages, they might end up being the best things ever. And save your drawings, too. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Humor is, in, in essence, a universal language, much like music is. And yet your characters are very specific. How do they translate into other languages and other countries since these characters are beloved around the world? How do you explain that? I'm not really sure about that. I know I know that Captain Underpants has been translated into, I think, 23, 25 different languages. And um, I'm so excited about that. I, I, I did never, never expected it. I just sort of thought it was kind of something that might be only relatable in America, but it seems to be that the people all over the world are, are getting it. And that's, I think it might have something to do with the humor. Um, if, if you look at the, the beginning of, of movies in the early 1900s, the one, the movies that really went in international, the things that were really popular were the funny films, the, the films of the, the Keystone Cops and Charlie Chaplin, that everybody laughs everybody laughs the same. We might have different uh, skin color. We might have different religions. We might have, we might come from different areas and different, you know, it's cold here and it's hot here, but we all laugh the same way. And, and, um, and so I think that might be one of the things that, that makes it global. Maybe like farting is in every country. Right. I think it it is every country. I think so. (laughs) According to the latest polls. Now we have a little bit sketchier from your newest book, which is so exciting. Yes. Yes. We have Dogman 2. And uh, do you want to read a little bit of it? I would love to. My gosh. Okay. Um, How do we do it? Do you want to, why don't you take some characters and we'll just, you know. Okay. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our second Dogman novel. This comic introduction will help you get caught up on the epicness. In a world where evil cats wreak havoc on the innocent. (laughs) And sinister villains poison the souls of the meek. 
One cop and one police dog had what it took to keep the peace. Stop, thief! No way! Officer Knight was the city's toughest cop. Super-punching fists. He could bench press 500 pounds. Knees of fury. He had a pure heart. And a kung fu kicking feet. (laughs) (laughs) Greg the dog was an awesome cop, too. Loyal brain. Pat. Mega-sniffing nose. Super ears. And a tongue of justice. Yay! (laughs) And together they kept the city safe from scum. Chomp! Kick! (laughs) Ow! (laughs) All right. What a joy. Thank you for making us laugh. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? I just wanted to say thank you to everyone at Scholastic. Everyone at Scholastic has been such... um, So... So supportive. And when I was a kid, I loved the scholastic book clubs and when those flyers would come to my school. And I didn't think I liked to read when I was a kid, but when those flyers came to the school and I'd look through and I'd find all these books I wanted to read, it was it was really life-changing. Scholastic had a way of making books seem like candy. And I, I just wanted every single book on that thing. It was so so important to me. So to be able to work for such a great company and, and to work with such wonderful people... It is a dream come true. Well, we're so honored and proud that you're part of the Scholastic family. Oh, thank you. For more information about Dave's work and this episode, go to scholasticreads.com. Thanks again to author and illustrator Dave Pilkey for joining us in the studio today. And thank you for joining us and for sharing in our mission at Scholastic where we believe that the right book in a child's hands can open a world of possibilities.